That is all about conjugal visits. <laughs> well, welcome to the Church Podcast. <laughs> wow, what an intro, Marty. <laughs> you, you better push start. Oh, I will. You know, we, yeah, we always got to have this timer going because uh, we, we, uh, we are tempted to talk for longer. Yeah. Welcome to Avon Church. He just said that. My name is, <laughs> my name is Marty Holman, and this is Ryan Thompson, and we are coming to you live, though it's not live when you are listening to it. No. It's live is, for us right now, though. It's live for us. We're having fun. We're here. We are here, live. You are here. <laughs> um, Rob Bell, Numa, is that what you're referring to there? I don't... I, I'm... I was referring to something known, like, I think the more I think about it, the more bothered I'm going to be, so I'm not going <laughs> to, I know I'm not going to remember what I'm actually thinking of. Okay. So, it's Friday, today, we don't always do this on Fridays, but today we are doing it on Friday, and we have it scheduled on Tuesday, and that didn't work, and we had it scheduled on Thursday, and that didn't work, so happy Friday. Happy Friday. It's one of those kind of weeks, it feels like. It is. It is one of those kind of weeks. Uh, I just came from First Baptist Church in Holden. And they asked me a couple months ago to do one of the Bible stories, and it landed for their vacation Bible school. Did you know those still goes on? I believe that is the only vacation Bible school in Holden. Right so, now. so after they chased you out of the church as a heretic, they, you know, what, what they happened didn't. after that? I followed their <laughs> curriculum to the T, and it, it, didn't, uh, it didn't breach my, uh, my own progressive conscience. Uh, but, but I, you know, I wanted to... I wanted to get the kids. It was about 50 to 60 kids. Hmm. I wanted to get them excited about what was going to be happening. And I wanted them to listen. And it's 50 to 60 kids. I want you to just think about that. Like, I have to control that many. So I started I started with my old, uh, which I'm sure you've heard a few times, where I have them repeat after me. I'm glad. I'm glad. I don't. I don't look like you. And then you say that to the person next to you. and, and uh, <laughs> I have never heard that before. It's, really? Because that, I've done it about 50 it times. It makes me so sad. That makes me so sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's so mean. It's so mean. You know what? Sometimes funny <laughs> things are mean. Ryan. It's true. It's true. Right? It is funny. It is funny. I'll give you that. <laughs> so then I went into the fact that I didn't have a hat. Mm. And I went out and I bought a, a birthday cake. At the big Y, also in Holden. A little round birthday cake. I don't know, cost a few bucks or whatever. And I told the kids that I needed a hat. And so to the two kids, I picked out two teachers. I said, I want you to pick out the two kids who are the best, who are, who are listening to my words and doing what I'm saying as we... And if those two get chosen, whoever those two are, they can take this birthday cake and make it my hat and put it over my head, on my head. And so that's what happened. I taught. <laughs> the kids had a blast. We played some games, had some fun. And at the end of it, two, uh, two little girls got to take a birthday cake and place it. They placed it gently, which was nice, on my head 
and I wore <laughs> a birthday cake, and the kids had a blast. That sounds pretty epic. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, welcome to the Olympic special of the Chaffin Church podcast. Do you what? watch the Olympics? No. Why not? I mean, it's amazing. Why don't you watch the Olympics? You know, I heard about that whole drone thing, that the drone opener thing yeah, at the beginning. Right. So I went on YouTube and I watched that. that that's all I've watched of the Olympics. <laughs> uh, podcast listeners, Marty is face palming right now. I want, I want you to know that he is literally face palming right now. I feel, Ryan, I feel like your life is so empty. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like, well, why? You know, that may lead us into our next topic. So, why would you say that my life might be a little empty? I mean, the the to watch people compete is so. Now, at this point, I what's funny is my kids. We were talking about the Olympics before it started, and I said, you know, this will be your second. Olympics, mm -hmm. and there, you know, there, there was one, of course, in 2016, and oh no, there, yeah, and they, the twins, they were born after the one in 2012. So I was like getting them excited. This will be your second Olympics. It'll be awesome. It'll be great. And then I had to do the math for mine. And that was like a whole, like <laughs> I think it was going uh, 11 or 12. Um, Olympics, which is kind of discouraging, but just to sit there and watch these people compete is mm. so amazing. It's not like I don't sit there like for two weeks and just do nothing but, but you know, and it's, admittedly it's a little different now. This is the first one where we're really watching streaming instead of mm, like getting yeah. on at prime time and watching four hours. Right, right. So it is a little different, but still pretty epic. And I love to watch the competition, the, the swimming, I mean, um, whatever it is, the judo. I watched judo this week. I mean, I, I would, you know, I'll say this for the Olympics, I would literally watch it just for that song yeah you know that, that song is epic yeah but but you're not very competitive we've talked about this you know i'm i'm not i'm not very competitive and um you know i think i'm okay with that i think i think i am okay but you are very competitive Ah, oh, so competitive. Well, not very. I don't. I don't know if I'd. Call, I don't know. I don't know if I call you very competitive. I think I've toned it down as I get older, and I realize I can't win everything. Well, it's it's. You know what it is. I would say you you are very competitive, but it's it's it has become healthy healthy competition. You know? Right. There was a time it wasn't healthy that I would compete <laughs> always and everything. So so Marty and I have a, a mutual friend who who shall not be named on on this on this podcast um, at least on this episode. We may have actually talked about this person before. You would never know. You're right. You would never know. Right. Um, but when he was dating his wife, um, his, well, when he was dating his, uh, when, when his wife was his girlfriend, before they were married, they were playing uh, a board game together. And she proceeded to beat him at this board game, which he thought to himself he was very good at. And then um, I guess he said 
they got in like, well, he, he basically initiated a fight with her after she won this game. He was like, you have no honor. Like, my, you know, you, you did this in the game. And, and, so, and so they got in this major fight. And, He's um, so genuine. I forgot about this. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and he proudly tells this story because he, he knows he's competitive and he likes that about himself. And so um, it's, it's just really funny that, that uh, some, some people are so far in that direction. Yeah. And then you have people like me who are perhaps probably not competitive enough. And it probably leads to some, some very lazy moments, you know. Um, but I do, I do have my few things, as, as you know, yeah. that, that I will compete in. But, but I think the thing about my, my competition is um, I need it to be in something that I'm confident in my ability to do. Like, if, you know, like when I play board games, I don't even try because I know that everyone is going to beat me. Really? Like it's, like I, well, it's, you have a pretty sharp mind, though. I don't know. Like, I can play Civilization, which is a very, it's very complex. There's a lot of resources and politics to manage and technology. But when I go to, like, a Catan, right, or or Puerto Rico or whatever, I can't, I don't know why, but there's something about being that it's a physical board game. I can't, I don't know what it is. There's a big difference, too, between Catan, and if uh, if you're listening... Uh, you know, it's an epic board game, but there's a, between Catan and Puerto Rico because Puerto Rico is almost all strategy, whereas Catan is half strategy, half luck. You're right. rolling a dice, right? Uh, so that's a, it's a there's a big difference there too. I tend to be better at the ones that are half luck. So it's a little bit about my own. Well, and there and you know, I was actually talking with a friend about this the other day too, and I know we'll move on in a second here, but. I, I actually, when, when I play video games most of the time, you know, there, there is a certain level of um, don't mess around that I expect, you know? Like, there's, there's a certain level of, okay, we actually want to try here. Correct. But then there's also, you know, there, there's, a, there's an upper limit to that, right? Like, there's yeah. like, you know, we don't, we don't yell at each other. Like, we don't, we, you know, like, like things like that. And so right. every once in a while, you know, a mutual friend of someone else will join the group and they'll just take it so so seriously and 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 we tend to avoid playing with those people again yeah, because that's so weird. it's like you know when, when especially when it's recreational in nature like it would be different if we were getting paid to you know to win this game or whatever like right. if we were professional gamers but but we're not you know i was so intense i remember as a child my uh, i played basketball with my dad and my grandfather was watching. He and he's still alive. He he's uh, he has Alzheimer's now. But oh. um, my my dad and I were playing, and my dad was winning. We hadn't turned the cycle yet. There, where I, I was, <laughs> it wasn't too much longer. And Does your dad still play? Uh, not really, not really. Uh, I mean, we I think we did play a couple years ago, and I mean, <laughs> <laughs> let's just say that. He, uh, I, I destroyed him. Um, All right. And so, but my grandfather, I, I got really mad and I threw the ball. I threw the ball at the stands. My grandfather, he just called me out. Like he, and he never called me out. Like that was, mm. but he, you know, he was, a, he was like, young man, you do not act that way. And I remember it, like, it almost changed who I was competitively. Like just <laughs> that one, that one person speaking into my life who I respected like that. 
and who I wasn't used to doing that. Mm. So, anyways, competition is big in my life. I love it. Do you like Monopoly? That's a side. In the uh, side, I that, see that was the game. My dad never let me win at Monopoly, and like, I stopped playing it before I had the chance to beat him. Now basketball, though. I still remember the first day I beat my dad at basketball. And okay. I knew he, he made a promise to me when I was young. He would never go easy on me if we were playing a yeah. real game, you know. And I still remember I was, I was 13 the first day that I beat him at basketball. Yes. And, yeah, I, I remember how I beat him and, you know, like <laughs> everything. So, yeah. so competition is important. Uh, and we're in the midst of the Olympics. So Ryan and I thought... Here on the Chavin Church podcast, we would have a special Olympic conversation. Do we get our own theme song? Like, ba, ba, Chaffin Church Olympics. Da, 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 da. No? <laughs> Q edit? <laughs> Q edit. Q edit. No, it's good. <laughs> uh, so the first, the first story we'll talk about from the Olympics... And there's been lots, but uh, apparently there was, there's a cardboard bed that the Olympic Village, it was created in the Olympic Village, and it was, it's just, it's an attempt to create a... Um, so every room an that the Olympics... intimacy-free environment. So, but every room the Olympians are staying in has one of these cardboard beds. Cardboard right? beds, yeah. And... And you said intimacy-free environment? That intimacy raised my eyebrows. Free. So why don't, you, why don't you tell me, tell me what that yeah. means? So the rumor is that they did the cardboard bed so that they were a little bit flimsy. And, and so that Olympians would not be able to um, delve into intimacy with one another. Hmm. That's the rumor. Um, however, that apparently has not been proven true in terms of, in every way possible. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so this was the rumor, this happened, and then the Israeli softball team decided how many of us would it take to break this bed? So they started with one, it's a TikTok, and, which is a thing. You obviously don't do TikTok. I don't do TikTok, but I'm sure you could also check out the video online somewhere if you if you Googled Israeli softball team bed. I'm hoping that I didn't just delve you into some sort of weirdness, but what happened is that it took all nine of them, and on the ninth time, the bed collapsed a little bit. So it started with one of them jumped on the bed, and then two. And then three. Is there anything you would like to share in terms of conversation with this? Uh, because this is supposed to bring up conversation. I don't know. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, what? What? Can, how can I react to nine Israeli Olympians uh, breaking a bed? I mean, that's just that's really interesting. One of the things that I will say, and I brought it up a little bit when talking about streaming is the difference in culture now between Olympians now and Olympians in the past. Mm. It, it, it seems like there's a, 
Like the world is just, to especially with COVID, the world is totally a different place. Now, now you're going to make this interesting TikTok, right? Yeah. And yeah. you're going to try to go viral by jumping on a bed. And they did it. And then there was conversation about whether or not that was appropriate to do or was it rude to do to, the, to Tokyo, to Japan, because they had created this environment. I mean, it's not, it's not the Olympians' bed. Right. But, but I, and I'm not trying to sway anyone one way or the other with this, this uh, aside. But the beds were designed to be, they're made out of cardboard so that they can be disposed of um, in an eco-friendly way af immediately Correct. after the, the Olympics are over. Right? Correct, so, Okay, yes. okay. So maybe, maybe the Israelis saw that and they thought, oh, well, they're going to throw this away anyway. So who cares, you know? That's a fantastic point. But now, whether they're justified in that thought is, that's another, that's another question. But yeah. It's, uh, yeah. So that is the first topic. The second topic, many of you have probably heard. The Olympics, uh, the gymnastics have been huge when it comes to uh, the Olympics. And many famous people have, men and women, have graced the balance beams and the pole, not the pole vaults, but the um, pommel horse and... and the uneven bars and the parallel bars and and uh, among them, do you know do you know any famous Olympians? I don't. Nadia Comaneci was the first famous Olympian from America, but also from Romania. You also have uh, Mary Lou Retton, probably <coughs> the most famous American gymnastics. And then down the line, I mean, the Carolis were. I actually listened to a podcast, ESPN Thirty for Thirty podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, on the Carolis and their, their gymnastics empire. Really interesting. But it does come into play because they were the coach of the person we're going to talk about today. They were, past tense, the coach. Uh, then Simone Biles, who by all accounts will be, at the end of it, the greatest U.S. Olympian, gymnastics Olympian. Can I just say something real quick about yes. gymnastics that just came to my mind? Okay. My parents actually used to take me to Sterling Gymnastics growing up. Okay. Where my sister was like very into gymnastics yeah. and, and later on cheerleading and everything. And my brother was sort of into it, you know? Yeah. But I would just go there with them and I would just like mess around. Like the teachers knew like I wasn't in, into it. So yeah. they basically just let me like go on like the trampoline. There was like this giant like uh, foam pit and yeah. a trampoline. And then one time my parents came, and this is when they realized that it wasn't even worth paying to send me there anymore. They came and there was this retro Pong video game, like uh, arcade machine there. Mm -hmm. And they just found me on, on that when they came to pick me up. And so they're, they're paying like, to... So they're like, we're not, we're not going to have you do this anymore. <laughs> we're, we're taking you out of these terms. And I literally, I was like 11, and I'm like, I don't blame you. you know? like, of course. So... so uh, so some who are more advanced than you um, <laughs> compete, and uh, Simone Biles is one of them. And apparently, on um, in the morning, on the Monday or Tuesday morning, they were competing for the team overall medals. And Simone Biles, who is on track to be the, one of the greatest gymnasts ever is fantastic. 
took herself out and for reasons described as mental health reasons and somebody else came in the u.s won the silver and she took herself out and now this is a topic of conversation mainly because people ask and talk about whether or not as a, as a person who is in the sports is this something she can or should have done ryan what do you think yeah so and the term that that simone used um in a couple of the articles that i read um was she got the twisties which is so that that's a common a common term in um in gymnastics now again if you are a gymnast and you, you probably know way more about this than i do but um my understanding of the twisties is essentially you are losing your um your sense of where the ground is while you are in the air and you are you know flipping around in the air so it's similar to like when divers will go you know beneath the water and they get disoriented and they don't know which way is up you know but um and that can be hard to that can be hard to overcome um but the twisties in particular and again i'm not i'm not an expert on why this is or, or whatever but apparently it can take um it can take several days to weeks to train yourself out of having the twisties so it's sometimes it's not just a one-time event where you lose it like you lose it and then you can't get it back is is what you know um and so there has been a fair amount of speculation that uh, there were there that there was uh, mental health issues on top of this as well. So we're not we're not a hundred percent sure that it was, you know. Um, so like part of that is at least at the very least it's physiological, right? The yes. twisty sounds very very physiological, um, but we yeah I, I I don't I don't know we we don't have like enough data to say, you know, fully one way or the other that there there was any. Uh, extra mental health issues going on but you can you can sort of imagine that like imagine going to the olympics and knowing you have this this huge you know important goal that you need to reach yes and then getting you know the twisties which is a physiological issue and trying to deal with that while at the olympics yeah you know i mean i mean that that must you know you're putting an enormous amount of pressure on yourself as 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 an athlete um, There's already pressure, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. the pressure on that stage. I actually can't even watch that sport. All. Like, when I watch that sport, it makes me, uh, what's the word? It gives me, like, chill. Like, I can't watch it because <laughs> I know, it's not like swimming, like, real quick, boom, boom. You do it. Who's faster? I don't know, but right. we'll figure it out. Right. It's like, Somebody mentally is going through and doing these things that they practiced over and over and over, or they're going and everyone's watching them. It's the it's almost the competing against yourself ones, right? That that um, you're doing it, and I know that that balance beam, beam takes people jump off that all the time, right? right? Like right. And I'm like, oh, it's going to happen to them. I know it is going to happen to them. I hate watching it. Can't even watch it. Yeah. Yeah. So the pressure is so immense. I told you about the, um, the podcast. The Carolis, on top of that, I mean, they were dictators. Hmm. And they, they were putting out all these champions, right? Nadia, right. 
Mary Lou Retton, the list goes on. And they're putting out these champions, but they were they were they were allowed to have they are or were, I think it's past tense, but they had a certain amount of food they could eat. If they snuck food, they would find it and throw it away. I mean, it was really, really jacked up stuff. And this is the world that Simone Biles was trained in. It probably made her a machine in some way. And she decided it's better for me and for the team to step down. So when you say it made her a machine, right? Like that's, I don't know. It's like when people say, oh, this person's a machine, like they're a machine. Sometimes that's a compliment, but other times it means they are, they, I don't know. I just, sometimes I get, I get weirded out because I, I almost think like it's not possible for a person to be a machine, you know? It shouldn't be possible. Right. They're still a person, yes. right? Like they still have feelings. They still have emotions. And they still have limitations, right? Everyone has limitations, right? So, um, I don't know. Did did maybe Simone Biles did did, did um, somebody push her too hard, or did did um, did she push herself too hard, or you know, um, you have to you have to wonder wonder these things. Um, but you know, as as someone who struggles with anxiety myself, um, you know, I'm seeing. Um, I, well, I, I don't, I'm not on Twitter, I'm not on Facebook, but I'm seeing in the, the news that, you know, there are, you know, these Twitter um, mental health justice warriors, you know, people saying, hey, thank you, Simone Biles, for, 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 for taking self-care. You know, we don't, we don't know if there were anything, if there was anything else beyond the twisties, but um, thank you for promoting self-care. Yeah. You know? And I think that is amazing, you know, that... That an Olympian, someone who has to take these things so seriously, made a hard choice and recognized that like there is a healthy limit here to what I can do. And you know what? I'm gonna make millions of people upset when I do this. Like, imagine how much courage that takes, making that many people, probably hundreds of millions of people, upset. You know, with me. Simone Biles. It is interesting. I was listening to working, driving the van around the city for Friendly House this mm -hmm. week. There is this, uh, there's this crew of people on Kiss 108. Yes. Right? And, and so the, the guy who drives with me, I don't really listen to Kiss 108, but mm -hmm. the guy mm -hmm. who, the kid with me, he likes to listen to pop music, so we listen to Kiss 108. And... It's not as good as Caleb, if you ask oh me. Oh my goodness! I had to throw it in there. I will take his one away <laughs> any day. So of course, there's uh, Maddie in the morning, who's been there for 40 years now, and Billy, right? And Maddie just had had um, some sort of tumor taken out, so he had just got out of of um, the hospital surgery. And there's Lisa, who is a little bit younger than Maddie, like or. You know, probably closer to my age, like 40 to 50. And then a couple younger people mm -hmm. on the show. And they were talking about it. And Maddie, what, I mean, he's, he's been on the, on the air for like 40 years. So he must mm -hmm. be at this point, 70 to 80 kind of feels like. Yeah. Maybe, maybe in the 60s, but probably in 70 plus. Um, and he's kind of this cantankerous guy anyways. <laughs> and he's like, what's going on? We pay her. Like, are we, you know, she can't just do that. She's a, she's an Olympian. 
And Lisa was like, oh, yeah. But and you could tell they were having a heart because he's in charge of the show, right? But, <laughs> but it was, it's, it's almost a generational thing. Right. This is what I mean by right. the, the change in the culture. Well, right, because, because among athletes, just like in many other spheres, well, really in any professional sphere, um, but especially with athletes, stoicism is expected. Stoicism, like if you get hurt and you can still walk, you get back out on that football field, right? Like that's, that's like what is expected. Yeah. And, you know, and now we're coming to, you know, things like CTE. Um, I don't even, um, what's, what does that stand for? But it's, it's, and nobody knows. It's, it's like a horrible, traumatic, um, b long term chronic brain injury that keeps yes. getting worse and worse and worse the more you get tackled to the point where um, then you don't even need to get tackled and it keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Correct. And, um, you know, you, you have like things like Aaron Hernandez and that, that whole mess. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of um, psychologists are saying, look, People with brain injuries like that are going to make horrible decisions and it's going to affect their, you know, so um, I don't know. I guess I'm sorry if I'm taking this, this self-care thing too far here, but I, I really feel very strongly about about that. You know, and I, I would see like even when I was in high school and it's not just football, by the way, I'm not just picking on football. I think it's across all sports, like men and or young, young it's men. It's mostly football, then hockey, <laughs> then a little bit of soccer. Like in terms of the CTE stuff. Oh, yeah, CTE, yeah. yeah. But even non-contact sports, you yeah. know, you're getting overuse injuries. You're getting, you know, you're getting, oh, torn ACL. Mm -hmm. Like think about how many young people are getting like torn ACLs in high school nowadays. I bet if we look at the statistics, it would be through the roof. Like if you, if you took a look at it 50 years ago and look at it today, mm -hmm. they, so many more torn ACLs than, than there were, you know, okay. back then. Why, why is that? I think it's because competition, it's, it's, it is, it's not even real competition anymore. Like it's, it's, it is a husk of what competition should be that is like left. And people are just like, they've boiled everything down to a science. It's kind of like, like everyone is Ivan Drago now. You know what I mean? Every, everyone, <laughs> everyone is Ivan Drago. Yeah, right? Like it's like, I don't know if they're doing steroids or whatever, but like the rest of it, right? Like, oh, there's a science behind this and I can punch you with this amount of force, right? Yeah. It's, just, it's just like everything is boiled down to that. And so, um, well, you got to figure, you know, like we said, you know, the human body has limits and, and as time goes on, more and more of these records have been broken and they're being broken by less and smaller and smaller amounts of time. You know right. what I'm saying? And so like you can only run a mile so fast. Like one day someone is going to run a mile and that's going to be it. That's going to be the fastest any human can ever run a mile, right? Like at is least it? without... Is it? At least without um, Are you genetic sure? modifications, to, right? Like, I don't know. I, I mean... mean if, if, unless we, if we're you, evolving, I mean, unless I don't know if that's true. Do you, do you think it's possible for a human being to run a mile in one second? You know, like I mean, I, yes, I see what you mean right. there. I mean, there's going to come a time when it's impossible. And we're already reaching the point where a lot of these things are um, d the laws of diminishing returns are starting to take effect. Right. The right. longer we do this, the smaller and smaller the differences are between the winners and the losers, right? And right. so, I don't know. I guess I guess that I'm I'm a little bit skeptical about about some of that stuff. 
I mean, but. you can get so deep in this conversation because at some like, hey, we're not slaying, you're not having gladiators slay anymore, right? For entertainment, <laughs> right? But most of this stuff ends up being about entertainment. Right. Right? Right. And so humans tend to push, um, push themselves to be better entertainers. I mean, we look at what um, uh, Heath Ledger did to himself and what, how, right? Right. Like, right. Yeah, I mean, push, he pushed himself to be this Joker character on film and apparently like he ended up like losing it, right? And, yeah. And, yeah. and then ODing and, and, and passing away. And so humans tend to push themselves to the very brink and many times they're expected to. Right, right. Well, and, and but like, like even, like let's take long distance running for instance. So um, if you actually talk to um, a lot of doctors nowadays and ask them like, hey, you know, I need to, I need to get in shape. Like maybe my, I have high blood pressure or I just need to lose some weight or whatever, yeah. you know, and I'm going to run, run, I'm going to start running marathons, right? Okay. Well, it turns out that running marathons, like it's not actually that good for your heart. Like if you, if you, if you actually look at it in the, in the, in the long term, like mm. it's, it's not putting that much strain, you know, on, on your internal organs all the time. It's, it's now I, I'm not saying like if you run less than whatever, five, six miles a day, it's probably, that's probably not going to happen. Right. But like, um, yeah, so we're starting to see like, I don't know, sometimes when people go crazy, like you hear about people going to cycling classes too. And there are literally people that are dying of exhaustion at these cycling classes. Like I'm, that's not a joke. Like literally like a couple dozen people a year are going to cycling classes, mm. pushing themselves too hard. And they think because I'm sitting down, I can do, I can push my heart rate to whatever I want. I'm on a seat, you know, I'm fine. <laughs> and then they, they actually keel over and die, you know, by the end of the class. Like, um, so it's just like, I don't know. What, what do you think? Like, the, are there, are there limits to competition? Like, and how, how should, I guess my question is how should competition and self care, like, how should those things work together, you know? Yeah, I, I, that's a great question. I, in order to be the best, right? In order to be Simone Biles, mm. you can't be like Marty Holman, <laughs> right? Or, and I say that, very, right? You can't, you, you can't be like, like I'm all about self-care, bro. <laughs> like, like, I take care of my, I, I'd rather be happy than all the stress could put, like I, I, I take the stress, I move it off me. Mm -hmm. There, like, you know, sometimes people in my life get stressed out and like, oh, and I'm like, hey, it's all good, <laughs> right? That Simone Biles is not, like, can't be like me. However. Buddy the elf. <laughs> buddy the elf, right. Um, but at the same time, Simone Biles is a human being, right? Right. So we're, we're creating these machines. We're, we're essentially creating these machines. And Simone Biles said, give, give me the red or blue pill, whatever, whichever one. Yeah. I'm off for, for now. And I think that where it gets murky. Now, once again, this is amateur, right? 
technically, this mm. the Olympics are an amateur event. Nobody's getting paid. Right. Like they might be giving given stipends for living, right? Right. During these, right. But and, and of course they get um, advertisement money. Yeah. But like where it gets steep is like Tom Brady, right? What if Tom Brady decides on a big game? Now nah, I'm good. I'm I have too much stress, right? And people have paid tickets, and I mean, there's this whole industry around how much they're going to win by. Right. Well, right? now that no, but that that has already been decided because his entire life essentially is governed by his contract with. Correct. Uh, is it Tampa Bay now? I don't. Even, I don't even follow football. Okay, I'm going to say it's Tampa Bay. You know, so, um, you know, his entire life is governed by the contract that he signed with that team, essentially. Right, right. so in that way, it's different. Yes, exactly. You know, so, and most professional sports, they do that so that stuff like this won't happen, right. you know. But I will say, look, if Tom Brady starts to have a mental health issue, if, if the Buccaneers are smart, what they're going to do is they are going to take care of that problem as efficiently and as quickly as possible. And Correct. that means probably, hey, we need to bench him for a couple games, yes. get this under control, and then bring him back out. Because if you try to push this, it's just like if you, if you break your leg, right? Like, you're not gonna break your leg and then get up off the bed the next day and start river dancing, right? Like, that's not, that's not how, you're gonna, you're gonna hurt your leg more, and then you're gonna be in bed for an extra month, right? So, yeah. so we don't, you know. So it's it's sort of. I feel like it's sort of the same way uh, with with the human mind, and and um, you know, previous in previous uh, generations, it, it has been commonplace to sort of sweep this stuff under the rug. Yeah, right? yeah. And 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 to drown it with with alcohol. That literally, for for much for most of human history, um, you know, mental the, health has been drowned in alcohol. And, and yes. literally, alcohol being the only truly safe thing to drink, you know, alcohol. And then later on in the 1600s, when they started uh, boiling water to make coffee, um, mm -hmm. those are the only two safe things to drink regularly. Yeah. Unless you, you could find a stream that wasn't polluted, if you, if you live far enough right. in rural, you know, nowhere. Um, but, but other than that, you were drinking alcohol. You are literally giving your children... Um, fermented um, drinks yes. for breakfast. Like this is not this is not an exaggeration, you know. Um, so, so, so. Oh well, I'll just drink more of that to drown my, you know, whatever's going on in my life, right? So yeah. that was so. So it's like nowadays we're not we're not doing that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. And we're no longer have to work in a factory at the night shift. Most of us, right, um, twelve hours a day, and so we can actually start to deal with some of this mental health stuff. Yeah, and and it's really it's really funny. Like I remember the first time I ever brought up just mental health topics with my dad, right? He's he's a boomer and love my dad and he, he has done mm -hmm. so many, so many things well as a parent. So so he's a great dad. Uh, but I remember like, you know, the first time talking to him about my anxiety and I was just talking to him about the way I felt and he just looked so confused like like well yeah but 
you have to just move on. Like, you know, that was his, <laughs> that was his, you know, his idea of it. Right. And my dad's a pretty stoic guy anyway. Right. Um, I don't know. I think you've met him before. Yeah, and, and so, um, it's just, it's really interesting. Like you said, that the generational gap here yeah. is massive. And, and I don't know, did, did you want to, did you want to, maybe we can start to turn the corner. How does this relate to our faith? Well, we've been talking, uh, you know, we've talked about mental health uh in church mm. um on sunday mornings and well, we, now we literally had a series on we it. had a series on it yep and uh, one of the one of the passages of scripture that has more to do with the competition aspect but i think we can kind of connect it when i am with those who are weak paul says in first corinthians 9 i share their weakness for i want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. And of course, that was what we say all the time here is the purpose of our church, to spread the good news, to spread the gospel and share in its blessings. That everything we do is underrooted with this foundation of the good news. And then he says this, he goes into this analogy. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win, okay? Mm. All athletes are disciplined in their training. So this is an analogy, are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. So sometimes I think we take analogies and we make them gospel, mm. right? So Paul is saying here, this is the way I do it. Mm. Paul clearly made an impact in the world, right? He, he yeah. changed Christianity. He, he, he had a brilliant way of communicating to the churches and probably in person, though I wasn't there then. And he says, you know what? In a race, everyone wins. So we, we are essentially running this good race for eternal things. And he says, so we want to run to win. So this brings in the co competition, right? Mm. The thing is, what was Paul running against? Lots of things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Essentially, I mean, lots of things, right? He was running against other gods. He was running against, you, you, one might say, the devil, right? right. He was running against these things in all materialism mm -hmm. and greed and uh the natural self mm -hmm. the natural self paul probably would have chilled or like his body probably would have wanted to chill with netflix not to make any like <laughs> <laughs> netflix and chill yeah yeah no, that's not what i mean oh yeah paul's netflix but he he said all athletes are disciplined they do it to win a prize okay but he runs with purpose in every step, right? Um, I fear 
that Christians are just trying to live life to get through it. Mm. Right? And so one way that people do this, this is something I was talking about with a pastor yesterday. One way that people historically have in our world um, have tried to counter just getting through life, right, is saying to themselves, numbers. Hmm. We have to be, we have to have more people. We have to get more people into the seats. We have to have, now consider this, consider that getting more people in the seats and more money in the church bank account is essentially winning prizes that will fade away. Right. Right. But we do it for an eternal prize. So what's that eternal prize? Simply this, the good news that we're sharing the gospel and living our life. We're going to let God take care of our afterlife. Someday I'm going to die. I hope it's a long time from now. Could be tonight. But uh, we're going to let God take care of our afterlife. But what we're going to do is we're going to be a blessing. Uh, we're going to essentially spread good news and share in its blessings. The good news is going to be the foundation of everything we do. So what does that mean? That means that we are running against all of these things. Oh, man. Um, but in a lot of ways, like, that afterlife, it starts now, you know? Like, it's, it's uh, well, it's just like the Switchfoot song. Switchfoot! Uh, we, we used to play that song at, at Fellowship Church all the time, if you remember. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think, like, that race, like, it begins now, but you're, you're still, maybe, maybe you're not competing, it's not the same stakes, you know, when the kingdom is fully and finally here on, yeah. on this earth yeah, and, yeah. and we're all here together and we're worshiping Jesus and we're walking through the city with him and whatever. Yeah. Right. Like, but you're still running. You're still, you're still, you're, you're doing the same things that you're starting to do now forever. Yes. You know? And so it's yes. like, yeah. So, well, I mean, okay. So spreading the good news, uh, NT Wright has a great conversation on this on what spreading the good news you and Galleon was. I'm sure we've talked about it before, but um, essentially there was this big civil war, right, in 30 AD with, um, or BC, with Mark Antony versus Octavian, right. right? And at the end of that war, the messengers went through and said, good news, Euangelion, Euangelion, Caesar is Lord. Mm-hmm. So essentially... When Paul says, spread the good news and share in its blessings, what he was saying is, we are sharing that Jesus is now uh, King of kings and Lord of lords, right? And so, and so we share that and share in its, we spread that and share in its blessings, but that means a whole lot. That means that we no longer have to compete mm. to be the strongest. Right. Self-sacrificial love. And so... I look at Simone Biles as a Christian, right? Mm. And that's what we're called to do, is, is look at these scenarios as Christians with the gospel 
as our foundation and we say, you know what, Simone Biles, thank you for sacrificing. You know what, my entertainment is not worth you messing around with your life. Right, and as a human being with infinite intrinsic value, yes, right, you have decided to take care of yourself. Like, how can we not celebrate that? That's kingdom you know? work. Yeah, that is, that is. And you know what? I think in a lot of ways, she's taking care of other people as well because she's, she's an example. She's a leader. She's yep. giving other people permission to, to, um, to care for themselves as well. I wonder how many Christians, followers of Jesus, could benefit from her example. Not only taking care of herself on a public stage, hmm. which, by the way, a lot of celebrity pastors don't do. Oh, my goodness. But also physically. Yeah. Right? And so, like, physically, right? She's, she's, she's disciplined in her training. She's taking care of herself. You know, we don't necessarily take care of ourselves. Well, I think we, we, we like to forget, you know, when we read the first five books of the Bible, the whole like Levitical law, you know, things yeah, like yeah. that that get really thick. So if, if, you're not, if you're not a big Bible person, we're talking about the first five books of the Bible. Um, it, it's just, it's very thick because there's a lot of numbers in there. And God is talking to his people and he's making what we, what we think of as some very strange requests, right? Okay. Like, oh, if a woman is unclean, you know, um, just make sure you're, you're not around her for a couple days. And, you know, if, if someone has touched a dead body, you know, uh, don't be around them for two weeks or whatever it is. You yeah. Know? Like there's a lot of things like that. But think about that, right? Like if someone has touched a dead body, for instance, don't be around them for like a week. And I forget what the exact number of days is. But essentially, if you don't have good sanitation as as mm. as a society, right, as, as a civilization, which the ancient Israelites certainly did not, you know, they, they touch a dead body, there's all sorts of diseases that they can get from this dead body. Yeah. So they need to stay away from the community for a little while. So essentially, they are in isolation to, to prevent contaminating their community with whatever, you know, uh, bacteria or, or viral um, organisms they came into contact with from this dead body. So all that to say, you know, we like to make fun of the first five books of the Bible, but God wants us to be physically healthy. Yes. And the mind really isn't that different. It's, it's really not. Like, there's so much in the Bible about taking care of your, your mind and, and, and everything, um, and like prayer, prayer and time alone being, being one of them. But really, the brain, it's not really that much different in some ways than the rest of your body. And mm. sometimes our brains, just like the rest of our body, it doesn't work the way that it should, right? And um, for many, many years, Christians but have, have looked at that, though, and said, oh, but, but mental health issues, that, that must be spiritual. Well, you, you know, you're struggling with anxiety. You're struggling with depression. So you must not be praying. Right. Enough. Oh, you must man. Not, you know, where's the disconnect between you and God? Yeah. It's like, okay, there may not be any disconnect at all. Yeah. You just, you know, there's self-care issues. There's, there's, you need to go and see a doctor. There's yeah. medical stuff going on. Or maybe there's something going on somewhere else in your body that's affecting your brain, you know? So, um, yeah, there's a very practical nature to this as well. And yeah. I, I love when, 
when Christians are able to see that kind of thing. Um, but really, when, when any leader, yeah, is, is sort of unafraid of, of taking that risk and stepping out and saying, you know what? No, I need, I need, to, I need to engage in some self-care. Um, I'm, I'm always like so proud of them. Like, I yeah. just think that's, that's a really cool uh, thing to be able to do. And then it's important, like you just, you kind of just intimated about the Christian reaction mm. to people who struggle with mental health. health. Uh, listen, there is something so important about community. And once again, community underscored by, or the, with the foundation of the gospel. Mm. And so many times Christians take their brothers and sisters and l feed them to the wolves mm. be and ignore them because they have some mental health issues, right? We are called to walk with those, to walk with those who are struggling. Like, you wouldn't take somebody who has cancer and go, ah, too bad for them. Boy, that sucks. Right, or say, oh, well, you have cancer. Have you not been praying? Like, what, you know, right, what's the, what right. it's completely ridiculous. Right. I mean, maybe some whack jobs would say that. <laughs> but, but, and so we want to be walking with those who are struggling in that area because all of us will, and all of us will at some point. Um, we don't know a lot about mental health right now. And or we we're always learning more, I should say. Right. So, let's be a community um, with those in our midst and those who we are connected with in general. And that's what I got. That's what we. That's what we. Uh, yeah, so we'll close it there. Self care and caring for one another. Self care, care for one another. We got to be that community. That community that that does that. And uh, love mercy. Do justice, walk, walk humbly, humbly with God. With God. Come on. We got this. Man, that's good. Yeah. And uh, watch some Olympics this week. Yes. Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I don't know. Just one I thing. I I can. I want you to watch one event and then tell us. Is the week. event another drone show that creates a globe that spins? Guys, thanks for watching. <laughs> thanks for listening. You are beautiful people. And we love you. This has been good news. Oh, wait a minute. I didn't say that. The, I mean, any announcements? Last week's, uh, next week's community cookout is at the Shays? Yes. This past in week, Princeton. we, we uh, postponed ours. Yep. But um, next week, we are having it. Yeah. That'd be great. You, you were just saying what? It's good to have a week off, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, that's good. And then on... Um, Anything else? I, the ladies' board game night is on August 15th. Okay? That's what I got for you. Uh, if you are in, interested, we're always uh, we're thankful for your listening. Please subscribe to this podcast on Apple uh, Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts or Google Podcasts or on YouTube, which is a great place. People are always watching it there and, and uh, you can... I, I, you can watch it. You can watch us. In fact, I had a mind to do something competitive in this. In this, uh, we should like. I don't know. We can't. I can't figure it out now. But we should have a ping pong game. Just, you, know. you don't want this. <laughs> Probably not. Actually, it's been a long time for me, Marty. Oh, and then okay. And then for those of you who are part of Chaff and Church, thanks so much 
for uh, your gifts. We are able to do what we do because you faithfully give, and uh, you're a, you can do that at, at uh, church uh, Chaffin 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 giving. That right there. Or you can text any dollar amount, and when I say any dollar amount, I mean literally just a number, to 84321. So if you wanted to give like $20 or whatever, yeah. you would just type in 20 and hit send, and then it'll take you through the rest of the steps. And then the other way you can give is you can send, you can be old school and awesome. We love it when people do this too. Yeah, of course. Uh, you can send a check, you can mail it to 155 Shrewsbury Street in Holden, Massachusetts, 01520, in case you live outside of the area. Thank you so much, Ryan. That was beautiful. Yes. This has been good news. Now go and give some out.